What's up, YouTube? It's your boy OnZD out here again, chilling with Bob Wong and Daniel Gochel. We're here for episode four of Elo Punters. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How's it going? I'm doing well. Happy to be streaming this episode. Damn, you yeah. still how Daniel looks. It's kind of cold outside, but it's fine. Yeah, so spoiler alert, because Bob, I mean, I was going to set it up, but, you know, Bob slam dunked it already. Today, we're streaming this episode on my Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash unzitmtg. But listeners, don't worry. We are going to be posting everything as usual. Um, so really, it's just, you know, the three of us and Twitch chat on a date with you guys. So just some ground rules here, I guess. We'll, we'll do it. Uh, rule number one is um, remember Twitch chat, we, we're gonna try and interact with you, or maybe not, I don't know. Uh, but we're gonna try and keep this episode focused on the listeners that are listening. So again, we'll try to provide all context that we can. Rule number two, there are no rules. So without further ado, let's get into the first episode. I wanna introduce our new patrons. Thank you so much to, um... oh wow. Okay, ready? Enrico Eru, A-R-E-W? I have never heard this name before. That is a really cool name. Just, just say Aru. Aru. Okay. I, whatever. I'm just, I'm just shouting out. That's a cool name. I got a cool name. Aru's got a cool name. Callum, Jonathan, Carlin, Dan, Jason, Vince, Brendan, and Austin. Thanks so much for uh, patrioting. That means a lot to us. Really appreciate it. And uh, as always, going to give a shout out to our editor. That's Eli. No, Ellie. Ellie. Got it. Ellie of the Veil at Ellie of the Veil on Twitter. Give her a follow as well. Share, share the love. And I think also uh, she streams on Twitch too. So yeah, that's pretty good. Um, we're gonna go over some Patreon updates. Bob, what have you contributed to the Patreon? So I've done our weekly metagame updates. I actually posted a preview of it on Twitter, and I got snagged and put it on the MDG Legacy subreddit. So basically, Cloud. you get to see a breakdown of essentially all the decks that have been putting up results in MTGO challenges, showcases, and prelims, as well as eight round uh, or greater paper events. And you can see that same data for Pioneer and Modern if you subscribe at the $1 tier. Nice, okay, cool. I have, let's see, what did I do? Oh, right, okay, I actually did some stuff. All right, I'm not just like out here not doing for anything. Once. Yeah, I, I posted an intuition breach it's like a soft guide. I, I the thing is, I have just like too much information in my in my my big head um, to like just type everything up. So I put like bits and pieces, like just like a couple of the fundamentals uh, for this intuition breach version, which I've been playing a lot now. Like I, I probably got like 200, 300 matches with with this deck. Um, fun fact: I actually played eighty matches with intuition breach in like four days, and I didn't even realize I was just playing that much. Um, hey, when you play combo decks, you get through them a little faster. No, but that's the thing. Like this, like everybody calls this a combo deck, but it's secretly a control deck, and it just the games are like like each league will take about like two hours, right? So eighty divided by five is sixteen. Sixteen times two—that's thirty-two hours. Oh my god! In four days, that's not right. That's impossible. When did I sleep? So it was like your full-time job. Okay, we're changing topics now. <laughs> um, but yeah, you should okay. be, feel free to check out the the uh, intuition guide online. That stuff is going to be fun um, for for anyone who's trying to pick up the deck and stuff like that. Yep. And Daniel, I know you said you were going to do an inverter guide, but let's just hold off. Something from the deck, you know, might be banned. So if it doesn't get banned, then you should do the guide. Or if or if it gets nerfed, maybe you should still yeah, do a guide. I said I. Well, I didn't say I would, you know, do one right away, but I said I've been playing a lot of inverters, so I could definitely do one, but I'm just going to wait. Makes yeah, sense. Because yeah, yeah, let's go but, out uh, and do 
the caster updates. So Daniel, Daniel, why don't you start? Uh, what have you been up to lately on Magic Online, and what are you up to in the next couple of weeks? Um, I was mostly playing Pioneer and Standard. There was like a local uh, open, a face-to-face open. It's sort of like a, it's not like three K or five K or something. And I was teaming with Lamb Fan. You know his name, really old legacy player. Yep, I know Lamb. He's he top eight at a legacy GP with Land still. Ner- yeah, New Jersey, I think, and. I think the signature Lamb fan tech is uh, well. He was playing, he played standstill in that in that Grand Prix, right? Yeah, Landstill. Yeah, yeah Landstill. And then like I, I think the one thing I know about him is that he just like sharpies in all his cards, so you can't tell what they are if you're like walking by. It's like anti ghosting tech or something like that, or anti scouting tech or something. That's what I heard a long time ago. Lamb, if you, if I'm wrong, just you know, at me on Twitter, I guess. Well, I thought his name is Lan first of all. Oh shit! I'm doomed. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> all right we're redoing the episode uh what's up guys no just kidding um okay that's pretty cool though i didn't i didn't realize that you were local to him yeah and then uh our other teammate was boston another local guy who plays old formats so we had like three legacy players and it was a team tournament so they said i should play pioneer oh so... i know boston boston uh he, he didn't he get like second place at yeah yeah man with the plan yeah. he got second place at vintage champs right yeah, so we had a vintage player, a legacy player, and another legacy player. So I play Pioneer. Nice. Uh, and so I, I was like, okay, should I play Mono Red or what? But then everybody's like, no, it's terrible. So I tried Inverter and mm-hmm. I played some leagues because I hadn't played any Pioneer since like Reclamation uh, or since Nexus was banned. And the deck was super broken. It felt like one of the most busted decks I ever played. So I just played it a bunch. It was like the easiest wins it felt like. Uh, so it got really addicting. Uh, and then I, I ended up actually uh, targeting the Pioneer Showcase on Sunday, the day after the Open. Okay. And I got and I hit uh, 2K Elo. I went on a like big win streak on Moto. Wow. Not like any like Damn. real tournament. I saw you posted a picture that was like you won like 23 matches in a row or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, 24, 23, but they were all two O's, only one two one. So it was kind of what? weird, like. Yeah. Wait, does so actually I, I really want to know what the ELO calculation process is like on Magic Online because do you get like more points if you go two O instead of two one or is it just like match by match? I don't think so. Like it's Darn. mostly because the Pioneer Showcase, like when you play Premier Event, you yeah. have way more ELO. And oh. I was like at nineteen fifty or nineteen nineteen sixty at the start, and then I went like seven oh and then it went to like Holy 2K. So, so does it like it's ELO just be like if you play against someone with like higher ELO you get more points if you win, that kind of deal? I'm not sure, but yeah, well, that's definitely how it like... works. It's it's the the higher elo they are, the more yours is affected. But mm-hmm. the downside is like once you hit 1950, if you play against someone who's 1600 and then you lose, you lose like 20 or 30 points. It's yeah. like ridiculous. Oh yeah, I've so, experienced this but, firsthand. Yeah, all 2000 is ridiculous. But like, I just want to put it out there. You guys realize we're not elo hunters, right? Like, I know honor you got pretty close to 2k as well. So I'm the only one who's elo punting properly. Just gonna Whoa, put that out there. I just want to put myself. Okay, first of all, let's let's be clear here, right? Today we are appointing Daniel as the official CEO of Elo Punters because, I mean, he is our official clout and elo uh, organizer. So he's hoarded it all, and now he's ready to give it away, just like I did. I had almost two K, and now I've I've lost like a hundred in like the past twenty four hours. So uh, okay. I, I think. What have, yeah. What have you been up to? Me? Oh, I've I've literally just been like streaming. That's it. Streaming and playing magic and doing like nothing else. Well, okay, that's not true. I've been uh, hanging out with Honey. So honestly, I'm living the life here. But I have recently, 
I, I don't know. I just like I'm on I'm on fire right now. I could stream for a long time. Um, I just want to stream every day now, and uh, this is kind of Wait, like I, a fun project. So, so when you first put like the days up there, I thought it was like day twenty three of like playing Just Guy Breach, and now I'm realizing that it's you've literally streamed every single day. Like you've streamed, I yeah. guess. You're saying 27 days in a row now. Consecutively, yeah. So, so that's why we're doing this podcast on your stream, right? You just want to keep your stats wow. up. Wow. Cheats. Uh, no, no. I, um, yeah, maybe I. Uh, <laughs> maybe just a little bit. No, there's a prelim in a couple hours too. Don't worry. I'll be playing that as well. But uh, yeah, I, I also like really like the idea of just like streaming these kind of things because then like you get like peripheral like interaction from like Twitch chat. So for example, when we're talking about ELO, uh, the famous Jarvis Yu said that the ELO formula is K value times some... <laughs> <laughs> Classic the Jarvis Yu. So there's an actual formula for it. it. If, if anyone wants to calculate it, just uh, reach out to Jarvis to figure that out, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so 25 Yeah, everybody go message Jarvis right now and he'll figure it out for you. <laughs> just um, send Jarvis the two ELO numbers and who wins, who loses, and he'll just like do it in his head. Yeah, he'll like bot it out for you. Nice. Respect it. Yeah. Um, okay, um, let's keep going. So no major updates for me. I did play the Legacy Showcase, and I started off really hot. I played a Sultai Depths deck, started off 5-0, and I was like, this is great. I'm going to be in the Breach bracket. I built my deck to beat Breach, and then instantly lost to it twice in a row and lost both win and ins, and I was just like, okay, this is a huge bummer. It was mm -hmm. actually probably like almost three win and ins that I lost in a row, so um, I'm sure other people have probably been there. It felt not great. I immediately closed my computer and like just raged well i didn't actually rage but i just walked away and i was like okay i'm gonna go play with telly now honestly like i would rather go with my record than with your record i went four four okay i got bodied in this showcase i i was out by like round three or four and after that it was just like smooth sailing i was just like all right doesn't matter if i win or lose uh i did min cash which was like a nice little prize but uh like there was no pressure or anything like that for me so you're I mean, punting your elo i'd rather have bob's record because it would make my elo higher Wow, okay. I see how it is. <laughs> I see how it is. Um, so do we yeah. want to go to the first topic? Let's do it. Yeah. All right, so so you said we shouldn't do this topic because it's quote-unquote out of date, and I mostly agree with you. The only thing is we did mention that we were going to talk about it, so I want to give my 30-second take. So topic number one is the World's Mulligan, Game 3 of the Finals, Marcio versus Paulo, winner take all, keeper mulligan, Island, Castle Vantress, Legion Warboss, Two Fires of Invention, one Elspeth Conquers Death, and a Teferi. Uh, so basically this hand has the best cards you want, it has the three drop you want, it has a Fires, it has Teferi. Like, these are basically your best cards in the matchup, but it only has two lands and they're both blue sources. Uh, so I did the math, and basically you're 57% to hit red, uh, red on turn three, but some of the time that's going to be a tap land. Um, I think it, to me, it totally depends on how good you feel about the matchup. I think if you feel unfavored, this is a snap keep. If you feel favored, then it's a lot closer. And, and I would definitely consider mulliganing. Just kidding. Well, I saw Javier said that he thought it was he wanted to keep it pretty quickly because, like, uh, he just said it's like a very powerful hand. Like, if you just, you know, you can miss a land drop, you can draw a mystical dispute. I don't know if he had Omen of the Sea. It was a few weeks ago. I don't think so, but. Yeah, I would say like the only card it's missing that that could be very good is Mystical Dispute, but also because of the way Standard is, uh, the best hands can be different depending what your opponent's hand is and depending on the draw steps. It's not like Legacy or Modern where you can have you know such an easy net draw, but it's definitely a very good hand. Just because sometimes mm -hmm. you can have your deck can have different net draws and they might line up differently. But yeah. Yeah. So would you keep? 
me, I wouldn't really know. It would maybe, like you said, it would depend how I thought the matchup is. Even though that sounds weird, it's just that if you thought the matchup is quite good, you don't need to take a risk. Whereas if you think it's bad, I mean, it's it sounds kind of like bad logic. Like it sounds like when you say, well, if you're on the play or the draw, will you keep a bad hand? Uh, if if you know what I mean. But it's also if you think the matchup is bad, you need more resources basically. Whereas if you think it's good, maybe you don't need as many. But I saw. Yeah, uh, it could also depend on if you think it's like a tempo matchup versus a card advantage matchup, too. So, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, going to take a page from Twitch chat here. They say to just top deck brainstorm. That's also my advice. Um, nice. Well, the, you, the deck does play brainstorm and it's five mana. Wait, really? It does? Cavalier of Gales. It's like oh. five mana. I was actually trolling here. I, I didn't actually go. know this was a card. What? <laughs> I'm pretty sure by the end of the game, Marcio had like four or five drops in his hand, so uh, I guess he yeah. was trying to listen to you on our But I saw that Javier said he thought it was keep, so like a lot of people just said it was a punt keep, mm. and uh, I saw Javier say that he thought that it was a fine keep, so... Nice. You know, it's, it's Wait, what was the difference in prizing between first place and second place? It was like $300,000 and something else, right? Can you can you imagine that 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 keep or mulligan decision was worth tens and tens of thousands? Oh my god! Now the now the pressure is sinking in. My heart is just like uh. I don't yeah, know there's a little bit too much stress me. for those events. Also, MPL players are not allowed to like split in any way. So like they were just literally playing for the marbles. Are you day. serious? Holy moly! All right, I know like yeah. I'm a, I'm a no splits kill them all kind of guy when it comes to like a small like event, but. <laughs> for five hundred like, dollars, your would... livelihood is on the line. Yeah, it's it's a different story and wow. it's high pressure. And maybe I'm glad I'm not there. Okay, but let's let's go ahead and move on to our main topic of the day, Boo. which is <laughs> which is format and ban philosophy. So to me, um, honestly, I, I I get a lot of flack for talking about bans, and I totally get it. Like bans are, you know, we we talked about it. It's, it's kind of like a last resort. Um, but on the other hand, like when Wizards prints these really, really powerful cards that, you know, people try to adapt to and can't seem to, then the format can get very stale if you don't ban. So we're going to touch on all these topics. Um, but before we even get to like, you know, what we think should be banned, etc., I think it's important to look at each format and like decide, Hey, what does this format want to accomplish? So I'm going to start off with legacy. Like when I think about legacy, what, what I think about is powerful spells, really interactive gameplay, as many legal cards as possible, and then, you know, again, not having any, like, tier zero decks for, like, greater than, I want to say, probably a few months. Uh, or, I mean, in the case of Top Miracles, it was, like, years, and at the end of that, I was like, this is just way too long. So, so uh, what do you guys think the format of Legacy is all about? Like, what are your goals when you, like, sit down to play Legacy? Interaction, dude. That's the one thing I like about Legacy compared to like other formats. Or okay, when I when I played Modern, like back when I was a wee child, just like you know coming out of high school or middle school or whatever school, like I guess it was fun. But also back in the day, like I don't remember. Like I played back when Pod was legal, and then like my friend would play Esper Control, right? And that's basically all I did. I just like played against my my friend like all the time, and it was it was great because the matchups were like actually like I had to think about it, and it was great. And it was just very interactive, right? Like, he would try to set up traps. I would set, try to set up traps. He would try to, like, Dougie and swerve and dive and things like that. And just, like, I, I don't know. Is that is that what modern is right now? Can you t can you answer that question? Is that what modern has been for the past two, three years? Because that's not what I've heard. You know what I mean? Like, I hear everybody saying, like, kind of, like, 
a lot of solitaring going on and like you know sometimes you just have to draw your silver bullet or you lose and like i feel mm. like that's what legacy is not you know what i mean like right I would say modern definitely has some interactive decks, like mm -hmm. for instance, Jund with Red and Six, and then Blue White, you know, or Bant Stoneblade or Control with Force of Negations. Like mm -hmm. these are archetypes that are definitely putting up a good number of results, but they're more in the minority. Like the majority is more decks like you know Mono Red Prowess, Eldrazi Tron is trying to you know Tron Nut draw you or Chalice Nut draw you, uh, or the various combo decks of the format like Amulet. They're just trying to get like a fast Titan and race you that way so as well as dredge like it just goes so over the top over any fair deck that you can't possibly race it without you know having the right interaction piece and hate so the game becomes much more of a like do you have the hate can you answer the hate sub game format more than a like these cards generically interact with your cards kind of format what do you think daniel well i saw that i haven't played a lot of mono recently but i saw on twitter that lucas esperber too said that he thought the modern the format was pretty good right now I saw that Willie Edel was tweeting about Jund and how he thought it was playable. Um, it doesn't look, you know, like the best it's ever been, um, but I haven't played it that much. I think, like, Titan decks just aren't that interesting. I mean, I know I live right in uh, Toronto with all, all the SCG amulet guys or whatever, but I just don't think that uh, Primeval Titan is... Like, if that's the best deck in the format, it's not a format I really want to play uh, that much, though obviously it's an interesting deck. Uh, maybe but it's that, that's it's basically too... my point, is that, like, whether it's Primeval Titan or, uh, you know, Hogak or whatever, it just always seems like the best deck in Modern is something linear, basically. Like, I don't think we've seen too many, like, well, just uber-fair cards banned. Well, like, I know Deathrite was banned, but that's well, been the, so long the, now. What would you say the Urza deck was, like the Oko Urza deck? That was sort of just, like, a mid-range um, deck. It wasn't really playing combo. It was just like a mid-range deck. It was deck. combo... Con well, okay. So, yeah, you're right. It was definitely just a mid-range deck because they actually cut the combo by the end of the format. Like, it initially was combo control, and they're like, wait, we're just so good at interacting that we can just become mid-range control. So that's a good point. Um, so that, 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 I think that's a good counterpoint. Uh, I guess yeah, I would but, say Monsopal uh, is kind of like a fundamentally kind of unfair card in I, many I respects. I'd also say, though, that was probably one of the, the most uh, offensive decks. Like, I think that was one of the most broken decks. But that was mostly partly due to uh, Oko was just very hard to beat for other decks. Obviously, a lot of different, you know, um, decks could ignore Oko in some ways. But I think that it was just the rate of the cards were too high. But, yeah. I mean, I it's just, I think, like, the Titan, the gameplay from Titan decks isn't that interesting, where it's just sort of, like... They have Titan, now you're super behind, or they don't have Titan and you're super ahead. So it just doesn't, like, I'm not that interested to play. It kind of reminds me, like, Tron. They don't have Tron, you're super ahead. They do have Tron, you're behind. I mean, it's not like that. Like, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe people like playing against Titan decks. It's not, like, that bad. Like, it's not the end of the world. But, I ju uh, you know, there's definitely worse decks. But it just means, like, if I see Titan decks, I'm not like, oh, yeah, I want to go play that format. Like, it's kind of the, mm. the opposite of what I want to play. Yeah, but and, I think and let's... Let's get back to like kind of the, the question too, which is what do we want to get out of modern? And uh, like when you sit down and play modern, like what are some key components of the format? I think the issue is it's just in such flux. I was reading a really good article by uh, a Reddit user named K Tension X. He's basically like in many ways he's like one of the absolute like stalwarts of modern. He writes lots of good articles, puts data out there, and he was just saying that like the format needs a new mission statement. When it first came out, like they had a mission statement. They basically, you know, wanted it to be 
you know, more recent cards, uh, you know, compared to the other eternal formats. And now modern's like, you know, it's a lot older. It's like an older brother. It's a little bit washed, <laughs> uh, kind of <laughs> like me. So like they need to like come out with a new mission statement because they've like totally upended the format. They banned Mox Opal and Faithless Looting. And, you know, maybe that's partly like people like me advocating for those bans. And like my perspective of advocating for those bans is like these cards are like way better than everything else people are doing. We should just ban them. But then like thinking back, like maybe that was too rushed. Um, I think maybe modern just needs a totally different uh, ban philosophy because in my opinion, it's never going to be super interactive and super enjoyable. Or if it is super interactive, like the deck like Urza is just way too good. So... Uh, I think maybe modern just needs to be the pod racing format where people can just play what they've been playing for the longest time. And, and you try as hard as you can just to make sure the format's, you know, somewhat balanced, like a deck like Urza's not taking over everything. But uh, at the same time, you just don't want to ban cards like Primeval Titan. It sounds that's, like my dog totally agrees That sounds me. like, I'm not going to lie, but if, if, if modern is pod racing the format, I'm going to take two steps backwards very slowly and then run. Um, it's kind of like why... Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It's kind of like why I... I mean, the, 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 this goes back to what I'm saying, right? Like, Legacy is just the most interactive format because you've got such a deep card pool, right? Like, you can play literally all the cards in the history, most of the cards in the history of Magic the Gathering, and there's so many good ones out there that, like, are just very, very hyper-efficient at doing certain things. Like, I, I maybe, maybe this is the way I think... Maybe this is not right, but I always... I get the feeling that magic is better when you have answers that are a lot better than threats. Mostly, so that, just so that it's like when you play like a haymaker, that it, it doesn't feel like it's like such a mad struggle to uh, like you know just compete to to keep playing to that sort of thing, right? Like playing like I don't know something like Oko or True Name or whatever it is, and then just like writing that card to victory like for four turns, five turns in a row or whatever isn't really like that good and i don't hold on what, what, what am i trying to get out of here because i think i'm losing my like that process you're basically just, just trying to say it's like it's a way of playing magic but it's not for you yeah and exactly. I, I totally like, get that like it's it's not for me either but at the same time like you have to consider the modern players who have been here since day one yeah. like they've been playing this format for like a decade and like what do they want to get out of it maybe they just want to play their pet deck for longer and i think that's totally reasonable and like all these bands have just like made it so that they don't get to do it anymore and it's just like they keep power creeping and printing new cards and like that's like causing the banning of old cards since they're selling you know the new cards for packs uh so i don't know it's just like it's just this whole messy situation so to me um the k tension x cited in his article like how modern was like dying in many ways like the subreddit traffic was down like 60 percent um people going to lgs's were was going down and i've heard this anecdotally like i know our local store curio like canceled modern and is only doing double pioneer and i know that's something i've heard other stores do as well so like modern as a format is definitely in crisis it doesn't have a real identity so i do think wizards needs to step in and, and be like hey we're gonna decide it's gonna be super inactive and we're gonna like take lots of bands or maybe they need to take like a step back and be like you know this will be the like, you know, pod racing format, and it's not for everybody, but some people will still enjoy it. Okay, what about standard? I, I, well, I just want to add about modern quickly. I think that uh, part of the the problem, or what you were saying, is the threats end the game so quickly that, um, like, you just play a threat like Jason Mind Sculptor, and it just ends the game. 
I think that's not like that great gameplay. Like if you look at modern, like when people said it was the uh, the quote unquote golden era, like 2014, 2015. I know some people say, oh, people just look at it uh, better than it really was. But I think back then, uh, it took threats like a really long time to end the game. Like the best threats was like were like Tarmogoyf and like Jace and Jace Architect of Thought. So when somebody played a threat, there'd be a lot of draw steps. Like it was really hard to kill somebody or finish the game. And now in like Magic today, it's really easy to f kill somebody or finish the game. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that makes the end. Like you can see that in, like just a lot of the design of the cards from 2019, like Narset, Karn, Teferi. I think part of the reason that they're so they feel so unfun is that they end the game like on turn three. It feels like the game is over. Like they kind of stop the game before it started, and um, like, and you, you can just see cards like Uro, cards like Oko, they're just these threats, and Jace the Mind Sculptor too, they just end the game very quickly. Um, I think mm -hmm. that's part of the reason why I like the, the Mirror Inverter Mirror a lot. Like, obviously, there's still another set in those mirrors, and there's still Jaces, so the games, like, do end pretty quickly, but it's still pretty hard to actually f finish the game in the Inverter Mirrors, because there's not that many creatures, it's mostly just Inverter, and when you play inverter, you can get milled out, so you like you have to be careful. And then like you mostly have planeswalkers and dig through time to pull ahead. So it can take like a really long time to finish the game. So I find that kind of gameplay is like really refreshing. It reminds me of like old modern where it's not like, you know, you play a threat like and then it's just uh, ends the game very quickly. Yeah. That see and there are a large subset of legacy games that are like that too, right? Like the other day I was watching uh or not the other day, but like, you know, I watching like other tournaments being broadcast like the maverick mirrors for example like one player could get drastically ahead but because the game's not going to end right on the spot the other player has the opportunity the time to like top deck pretty powerful cards you know that can bring them back into the game so that the game isn't just entirely lost by the weight of of one heavy haymaker you know what i mean so i don't know that that's that's what kind of going back to where like having answers that are just really good to the threats means that you could have games where you get to interact and then you get games where you know i mean you get to actually play more magic right through interacting so i don't know that's a really good point Dave. i like it mm -hmm. yeah let's move on to pioneer and, and standard i think sure. for me the goals for pioneer and standard are, are pretty similar i would say the the main difference is i think pioneer they're probably going to be you know more viable combo decks Whereas in standard format can be totally fine, even if there are no combo decks viable. But basically, you just want a mix of different aggro, mid-range, and control strategies in both of those formats. Uh, you kind of want, like, especially for standard, you want a more evolving metagame that changes like week to week. Uh, so that's that's kind of how I view it. Like, I think both formats are like you know more interactive than modern. Yeah, I think standard's very good right now. Uh, well, what do you like about it? That's really why 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 would you say that they're both okay they're both more interactive than modern? De definitely, I think standards probably more interactive than legacy right now. Those kind of close standards just like very good right now. Hmm. Uh, there's just like a lot. I mean, the thing about standard, my only complaint would be the threats are very good, so they a lot of the threats end the games very quickly. There's like this crazy like team or adventure deck that's like one of the hardest decks I've ever played because you have fave wishes. And if you know that card, it's like a, a wish card, adventure wish, and it's like four mana. You look at your sideboard for a non-creature spell, and you put it in your hand, and it's like really hard to play with because you have Lucky Clover, which copies it. So you have to like you can com you can wish for combinations of cards, and your sideboard's like like a whole wish board, and it's like very very uh, overwhelmingly difficult to like try and find out what's the best stuff to wish for while you're also playing standard, and all your opponent's cards have like a million lines of text. 
and you have like all these and also the thing is you see, a lot of your cards are so similar like it's just like very similar like Aether Gust like the it's like the red green hate card and then you have like these distance you have all these different removal spells that are very like similar and like trying to decide like which combination to get is like kind of really hard so Mm-hmm. But also at the and same it, time, the deck, it's very much can be a net draw deck. Like if you have turn two Lucky Clover, you can run away with the game pretty easily. Um, and like standard decks, there's a lot of like Growth Spiral decks that grow Spiral into Nissa, and then they try and win like that, or Jeskai Fires. Like all the all the standard decks are definitely trying to net draw and like Ember Cleave. But at the same time, there's uh, the games, there's just, there's just like a wide variety of decks that you can play. Like a lot of different decks that you can play that are all pretty good. And the games are like, decent like i'd say my only complaint is i feel the threats are a bit overpowered they all end the game kind of quickly but that's just the way cards are designed these days i don't know if that's like a new design philosophy um but uh, but yeah that that would be my only complaint like i feel the threats are kind of a bit powerful but i think the gameplay is pretty good overall hmm that's actually kind of interesting. Uh, maybe like just taking a moment into design philosophy. I'm thinking about other games right now. So very specifically, I'm thinking about like League of Legends, right? And a lot of the one thing that's really cool about League of Legends is that you can like. So I'm just going on like a tangent here, by the way, uh, is that you can like patch characters, you know, over time, right? You can change their stats, you can change what their abilities do, and things like that. You don't really get that in Magic: The Gathering. But what's really neat about this is that when you change like a certain character's stat, you can either make it like super overpowered, or if that character is overpowered, you can make it completely unplayable, right? Just based on like how the changes go. And and I, and I'm wondering, I mean why someone would want to do something like that right why would you want to change like how good a character is or how bad something is right and the first the first re- reaction is, is like okay well yeah we want to like make balance in this in, in our meta game or whatever you know we want to have it so that this character isn't just completely taking over the game and just making for like monotonous you know gameplay and like viewership and things like that but then also this is something that interesting that i was kind of curious about is how much is of like you know the changes to um like the characters uh is based on like what the company wants the game to look like right what is their goal at the end of the day right for example for magic i would imagine like you know you maybe you want these like super super powerful cards in the format because it just makes it so much easier to like like have explosive moments in games have uh, which, which, you know, like, for example, with the, the whole MTG Arena craze and, like, you know, moving towards becoming an eSports, you need to have those, like, wow, he can't believe he top-decked this card that can bring him back in the game sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, like... Well, well, you just talked about two opposite things because coming back into the game means that you can actually come back, whereas if the threats are too powerful, then it's, it's much harder to come back. So uh, I definitely think they should definitely go the other way around and print more powerful answers or, or comeback cards, if you will. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is just, like, not 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 necessarily, not necessarily focusing on like the power level of a threat, but just like the design philosophy behind printing a card would be that like okay they want something that's like flashy and excitable and like can get people hyped up to continue like or keep people like watching you know what I mean completely irrelevant of gameplay and things like that it's more like a how do I make my game like addicting and like fun to watch kind of deal because does feel like there's a lot of moving in that direction but I don't know that, that's just like a random yeah. thought to think about actually there's a. I mean, kind of funny story related to that i was actually watching like old modern coverage recently uh like splinter twin coverage and there's a match where uh fournier a local player here is playing against brad nelson and it's a splinter twin mirror and it's game three and it was like i thought it was like so good like they both had like seven cards in hand like six lands in play and like nothing was in play yet i'm like oh yeah this is gonna be so great to watch and then the commentator is like oh this is awful can we please get a birthing pod mirror or something this, this, <laughs> like switch it over because it's kind of like 
in my head, like the peak, uh, the peak yeah, 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 like, experience would have been like that flash mirror. Miracles, I, mirrors, also, baby. You know how much like thought goes in the background where like players are like, okay, I got to play around this, this, and that, and then suddenly you're on like the nth level when like you know like. I don't know. The games of Magic can get so complicated, and that's the beauty of the game, right? That's what makes it so exciting to watch. And, like, I don't know, just, like, thumping my true name into play or my Oko into play and be like, ta-da, tick up, tick up. That's so interesting. I, I didn't consider the whole arena aspect because, like, to your point, it's much better Magic to have high-level interaction. But, like, for the viewing experience, if you don't know what's going on, you're just like, what are they doing? They're literally just sitting there and drawing cards and not playing anything. That's not very interesting. Whereas if you see people jamming spells, it's like way more interesting to watch from mm -hmm. a viewer perspective, right? Yeah. So like a physical if, representation. If you don't know what's going on. Like if you know what's going on, then you understand, like you appreciate it more. But when you don't know what's going on, and I think, you know, most fans are casual fans, uh, it, it's different. Yeah, I, I actually think in uh, Standard, the team of Reclamation Mirror, it's really really a interesting mirror it reminds me of like the old Lantern mirrors because basically all the threats are very clunky mm -hmm. like most of the threats are like four plus mana and most of the decks are it's filled with all this cheap interaction two mana bounce spells like brazen borrower a bunch of mystical disputes negates and then like flash creatures so it's basically it's sort of similar to demir inverter it's pretty hard to actually win the game because it's really hard to stick a threat because they're all so clunky and all the interactions so cheap and that's the kind of gameplay that i like but I guess not everybody likes it, but I mean, that's why I found the Demir, I already said it, but the Demir Inverter mirror, I like, it's not a great mirror because, you know, like there is a lot of just slamming planeswalkers and stuff, but just when it's hard to actually finish the game, it makes the games go a lot longer and stuff like that. And like, you can have like plans that don't re revolve around like, you know, them just instantly slamming a threat and how impactful that's going to be. Like, like when you're playing a game where it's hard to end the game, you have to like think through a long plan, whereas when the threats end the game really quickly, the plans are a bit more like short-sighted, though it yeah. can still be complicated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, let's move on to a Twitter question that we got for this episode. Uh, can you talk about the cost of bans? Lots of people talk about bans as if they are free, but there are real costs to players, including losing access to the decks they own and consumer confidence in general. And this is from at Max Torsion. Nice. All right. Well, I mean, there are a lot of things to say about this. Bob, where do you want to start? Uh, yeah, it's, it's mostly I agree. It's, 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 we're just put in a very tough spot, right? Because, you know, the downside to bans are alluded to, like you lose time, you lose money, you lose confidence. But on the other hand, you also lose time, money and confidence if they don't ban anything. Like if the format is utterly broken, like Hogak, and you're, you're asked to like keep playing it for months on end. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about modern Hogak then it, it also makes games less interesting. So, I mean, this fundamentally, fundamentally comes back to the, the whole idea of, like, you know, fire or, like, fun, interesting, replayable, exciting or whatever. Like, they're just trying to, like, power creep in order to, like, appeal to uh, different formats. So, like, these cards these cards are definitely selling. I think their sales are up. Like, cards like Oko, like, everybody needed a playset if you wanted to be competitive almost. And... Like it's accomplishing that goal, but in many ways you're you're like selling future equity in the game because like when you power creep, it's just really, really hard to go back to a lower power level. Like we saw with Urza's block, like this is a mistake they've made before, right? Urza's block, they printed a bunch of broken combo cards and then like tons of people stopped playing the format and then they were like, okay, let's tone it down. And then they went to Mercadian Basques and a lot of people considered that like an extremely weak block and like, you know, sales were probably not very good. So it, it seems like they're digging a hole to, you know, make short-term profits. Hmm. That's interesting. Can I, can I tell you, I, one thing I despise about magic 
and and this is just like it's it's because i mean it, it's it's inevitable there's no way around this i don't think um unless you just like suck it up but <clears throat> you can't like nerf things in magic and, and the erratas are like very very like they almost never happen right like for example in hearthstone how you can change the casting cost of a card from like five to six very easily because it's all software based right you just change one number in the code and oh, a couple other things here and there and then like suddenly it's like well suddenly it's like this card isn't like taking over nearly as much as it used to before. In Magic, I feel like you have so much like there's so many good like creative cards out there that no longer are playable just because like one number was like too good. You know what I mean? Like Sensei's Divining mm -hmm. Top. Imagine if this was a two mana spell or it cost two to activate. Renin Six. Imagine if it had two loyalty and then ticked up to three loyalty. You know what I mean? Underworld Breach. Imagine if it escaped four like instead of three. All these like minor tweaks and details could make these cards that are super super like cool and exciting but just like overpowered due to like the fundamental nature of like well the very specific numbers that were chosen for these cards right so and, and like the reason you can't nerf any of these cards is because they've all been printed in paper right so like if you if you wanted to make like a, a sensei's divining top that was a little less powerful what happens to all the paper copies of sensei's divining top that you know currently exist you know i i, I genuinely don't know like you can't make a ren and seven with like two loyalty instead of three because well are you literally just setting stuff on fire i i, I don't know that's just like I don't know how to approach it. All I know is that it's frustrating because there's like I love I love 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 a lot of the the ideas and cards and magic. It's just it sucks that you know like what if Dig Through Time had like delve like twelve instead of delve six? Would it be playable? Yeah, I mean it definitely is an interesting to think about, but unfortunately, uh, well or fortunately, like uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but like Magic Esports ran a poll was like do you play. Or do you prefer like paper or online? And the vast majority said paper. Like we play this game. Like we play probably you and I. We play more online, but we probably derive you know as much, if not more, enjoyment playing in paper. Like meeting our friends, like getting that tactile experience. Yeah. So if it is an unfortunate you know thing that you can't nerf cards in mm -hmm. real life, but uh, you know I'm happy. I'm I, like I'm still happy playing paper cards, and I wouldn't want to go away from that. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, so what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jinx, you can't talk anymore for the rest of the podcast. Okay. Um, so now I guess we get to dunk on Bob for the last... Okay. No, I'm kidding. I, I agree. I, there is something about the paper aspect that's just nuts. I mean, after all, it is The Gathering, right? So like at the the Dice City Games 2K that I played in... Oh, yeah. I forgot I, I forgot to mention that. I top eight into the, the 2K. Um, I played in the Dice City Games 2K, and it was just at a brewery um, in, in Silver Springs, Maryland, and we had 90 players show up, and it was such an incredible experience um that i mean okay so first let me also put in context i really do prefer playing online as opposed to playing in paper but the paper events are just so amazing to me because you get to hang out with i got to meet so many of my friends that i hadn't seen in so long and it's, it's an experience that i just wouldn't trade for you know any online event um unless it was just like me and bob heads up where i would just take his lunch money that that's too easy uh but like yeah i, I guess i see what you're saying right like the paper is still great i wish there was a way so that like physical cards could be like updated and and things like that mm -hmm. but yeah tying back to max's original question around the cost of bands i think because they do have costs i think wizards should be very careful and like decide what their format philosophy is for each format like what they want to see and have a plan for getting there instead of just like oh this deck is overpowered let's ban it now um they need to like basically figure out where they want the format to go and then you know maybe start to mold 
the ban list towards it and try to minimize bans if possible. Like, for instance, like like we said, Modern's in a spot where maybe you need to ban like a dozen cards for it to be quote unquote more interactive, but like that just doesn't seem feasible. So I think they need to shift the goal and basically, you know, minimize bans as much as reasonably possible is yeah. how I would put it. And like regarding bans too, like, I mean, I don't know if it's like a segue into another question, but like, so obviously Breach is doing really well in Legacy, right? Like I know like Twitch chat's been talking about it a bunch. I I'm watching you guys. Uh, but my, I mean, like in, in the back of my head, I'm just thinking to myself, like, is this card too good? Is it going to, well, I think it's too good. Yes. Is it going to go? It's probably going to go. And then like that, that's sort of like my internal monologue. And now I'm just in this position where I'm like, well, if it's going to get banned, why would I spend any more time playing in this, right? I actually have events coming up that I want to prepare for. You know, I have to, like, I don't want to lose on stream all the time playing, you know, other decks that I'm not really comfortable with. So I got to, like, you know, it's just like a mental mess. I can't figure out what I want to be doing or how I want to be approaching it. And honestly, that's just causing me a lot of stress and strain that... I don't think I've experienced in a long time. Like, like when Top got banned, I was also kind of in the same position. Like, you know, I was just like uneasy playing Magic because it was just mm -hmm. like I'm investing more of this, a lot of time into this. Like, I spent a lot of money too on my Breach cards recently, and it was nice playing with them. But like, just thinking about the hassle of having to get rid of them now because I won't need them is just, it's just yeah, a huge. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, you know, we both have the 20k Missouri MTG shoutouts uh, coming up in a few weeks. And we have no idea if Breach is going to be legal or not. I mean, I think we agree, like, eventually Breach is getting banned, but uh, maybe it, it, like, maybe it's getting banned Monday, or maybe it's not going to get banned for another four months. Like, we just don't know. And I agree. That just, it makes me extremely uneasy. Like, it makes me unhappy that, like, I've, I've bought these, like, Renin Sixes, and now they're, like, you know, relegated to Modern, which I, I'm never going to play Modern Jund. And it's just like, these are real costs that are Modern like, like I'm literally not incited, not, I'm not incentivized to play any magic this week. I just like, it just stresses me to think about because like, I'm like, you know, all three formats could have bans. Like, it's just like, it's not worth putting my time and effort into something uh, when I, I really, you know, want to focus on something and do it well when I don't know what's going to happen. So it definitely has stressed me out as well. Like this, this whole situation, you know, I just, yeah. it's. Like, it's just a game in many ways, but, like, it is, like, all of our main hobbies. Yeah. I've spent way too and much then, time on Magic for it to be just a game, you know what I mean? Like, I'm very invested. Yeah. All of us are very invested. D Daniel, give me your thoughts, and then I'm going to transition to the question that comes after, because the topic is slowly, like, seeping into this, so we might as well just transition to it after your thoughts. Well, definitely in Modern, like you said, originally people would say, this is the eternal format, it's cheaper than Legacy, you get into it. Well, if we just look at the last year, I mean, at the 2019 KCI was banned at the start of the year, in Modern, like, every single month... Is a new best deck. So when you're one, if you want to play the best decks, or you want to, you know, give yourself the best chance to win tournaments, you can't really maintain, uh, I think, your collection anymore in a format like Modern. Like that's part of the reason I play way more Magic Online. It's really easy to build, you know, new best decks in Magic Online, but it's really hard to, you know, keep stuff updated in paper. You know, so when I play in paper, I've actually been, I mostly just try and play limited in paper. Because it's just like unreal to keep up a collection. Like I'll, I'll borrow cards. Like at the open, I borrowed like most of the inverter deck, but it's kind of like a hassle to try and find all the cards to borrow. You know, try and you know coordinate. But definitely, the, like the past year, I've like just played way less paper. It's just because it's kind of like un, 
unable to maintain a collection because every month, because I, I always want to play the best deck, but like just, it's not like an exaggeration like in modern, like almost every two or three months the best deck was banned. And it's the same in standard. I had like two standard decks banned. I remember one time there was this PTQ, a local PTQ, and the PTQ was Sunday. And then Monday, there was a ban. So by Sunday, I had to find a new deck, build a new deck, and bring it to the PTQ. And it's in a city. So, like, everybody else in the city is, like, buying all the same cards from the LGS. If you see what I mean, like, <laughs> it was kind of a funny thing. Like, I asked, the, I'm like, can we change the format to sealed? And they're like, no, it has to be standard. But, you know, I've definitely felt that a bit. Uh, I don't know if you guys have felt that too. But Magic Online's pretty nice about that. Like, people use renting services or the cards are way cheaper. Or I just play more limited, basically. Mm -hmm. But I definitely felt like it was it would not be possible to maintain a paper collection and be a competitive player without like spending an absurd so amount much of money. money, right? Yeah. And then losing it, yeah, it's it's such a tough spot. Yeah. Um, that's why I don't know. It's kind of also kind of cool, like just like transitioning to like online games, um, especially with like the way you can like burn cards for like dust or whatever. What does Hearthstone do? You can like like incinerate your cards to get points or magic arena has gems or something like that mm -hmm. i don't know whatever it is anyways being able to redeem your cards for other cards is essentially i think what what is really, really cool maybe a little, little bit of cost but anyways so let, let's go to the next topic here which is or a follow-up to this one another twitter question provided by <clears throat> the dean himself phil gallagher at three you says what are your thoughts on the current ban announcement setup? Question mark. Is this better or worse than what we've had previously? What implications does the current system have on playtesting and tournament prep? That's like a shotgun loaded question. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, nose goes. Who wants it first? One second. It. I need to re re, re uh, listen to that. Can you say one more time? No, I highlighted the <laughs> Bob, go ahead. Give me your thoughts while Daniel uh, hears the question again. Okay, uh, yeah, basically Phil's asking about uh, the ban announcement setup. Like before, if you remember, you know, there was basically bans timed with set releases for the most part, and now they've changed it to rolling bans. So the, the, the main pros and cons are, uh, you know, the old structure, you had to play a stale format, like Hogak Modern for months. Like everybody knew it was getting banned. Everybody's like, this is ridiculous. Leyland of the Void is most played card in Modern. Like nobody disagreed that it had to go. Uh, but on the other hand, they were stuck playing it for months, whereas now they are a lot more nimble, and if something like Hogak Summer happens, they can probably fix it in a matter of weeks instead of a matter of months. The downside, though, is there's no structure left. Like, you can put time and effort into a deck, and it can get banned a week later. Like, literally, Honorag right now, is you know, he's, like, you know, scared in his pants. He's like, well, on Monday they're announcing bans. They probably won't ban uh, Breach and Legacy, but maybe they will because it's, like, a spell-based combo deck, and they generally don't like those decks as much as, say, a fair deck like Rug Delver, where they might let that deck be the best deck for a few months. But a deck like Flash in Legacy, they literally banned in under a month after it won the GP. So I, I think like he doesn't know, and that uncertainty, that uncertainty, like I talked about, is really stressful. So there's obviously downsides. You know, I, I kind of laid out some of what I thought were the downsides and upsides of each one. Uh, what do you guys think? So I'll be first to say, like, I think it is impossible to escape negatives no matter what. The nature of a ban is always going to be such that, like, someone is losing something. You know what I mean? So it's, like, impossible to be like, well, uh, you know what? You, there's going to be the perfect ban system and this is it, right? That's just not possible. Mm -hmm. So I guess mm -hmm. the next best goal, and I'm just, like, thinking, like, on a little bit of a bigger level, is just, like, to find the ban schedule that maybe, like, minimizes or mitigates that that lossful impact if that makes sense 
Like, you're never going to have something perfect, so you might as well get, like, whatever is closest to perfect. Um, I don't know. Personally, like, I play Legacy, and so I think it's okay for me to, to have, like, more of, like, the scheduled band system. I think that just works, like, with, like, with a band, like, what, how, what was the frequency? Like, it was, like, every two months or something like that? Closer to every three. It's mostly coincided with set releases. Okay, yeah. So, like, every three months, you have, like, a BNR update. Cool. Um, what, what what happened with Hogak, actually? Or, sorry, not, not Hogak. Red and Six? Was there a set release for that? Modern Horizons? No, no, I mean, like, when did Red and Six got banned in November, right? Before the Grand Prix? Yes. Was there a yes. set release there or something like that? No. Eldraine, yeah. Oh, there was? Eldraine? Or, or I guess, no, I guess Red and Six and Oka were briefly legal together, so... I mean, it wasn't exactly timed with the set release, I guess. It was close. Okay, a little bit out. So, anyways, what my, my point is that I don't mind having, like, a couple months of like a, a less than perfect format, I guess. Um, so long as it's nothing like a Hogak, right? That That is like crossing a line. That's just, that's not playable. So, you know, like let give me time to like throw all the mud that I can find at the wall and just see if anything sticks. If it turns out that the, the wall is actually just some like amorphous blob that rejects mud, like fine, then you can ban the card, uh, cool. But like, I, I still kind of have regrets about the the Red and Six format where like I didn't actually get to try everything that I wanted to try like uh, like a week after Red and Six got banned you know Stefanogs um, another Miracles player messaged me and was like yeah I actually have a really good win rate against okay and with, with the grade of salt obviously but I have a reasonable win rate against Red and Six decks uh, Rug Delver because you know I'm playing this new card Icewing Coatl and in my head I was like wait that card is unplayable right and he was like no it's actually really good you should try it but I couldn't because like the card got banned so like. I mean, obviously, like, for other formats, there's probably a lot more data and a lot more games being played. But for Legacy, I think the development is typically slower because you just have so many more cards. You have to, like, to be able to go through every single option just takes too much time. Um, which means that if you do, like, these sort of ad hoc bans, you run the risk of people not either, A, learning how to play against the deck, or B, not finding the the cool tech that could actually just shut, shut the decks down, right? Or, like, even, like, imagine a world where, like, you keep the deck long enough, long enough around where, like, new cards get printed that actually do good things, right? Like, who knows? What if, like, Oko was secretly, like, going to be really good against, like, Red and Six or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, but I, I don't think they rushed to do any bans this year, really. Like, I felt like every ban was... I don't think there was any ban that people thought, you know, wasn't uh, particularly needed, except for maybe some uh, people wanted looting or whatever, stuff like this. But although I think the big difference was... In previous years, there just wasn't a need for as many bans. I mean, maybe there was, but it feels like they didn't print that many cards that were, you know, powerful enough that people were calling for bans. I mean, even subtle cards like Mystic Sanctuary and, you know, even Veil of Summerages, all these, you know, s small, subtle cards. It's just in the past, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because maybe, you know, the, it's, the powers of creep isn't as big, but it just feels like the reason why they've had to do so many bans is they printed so many cards that kind of were unhealthy in formats and that just didn't happen in the past so they, that's why they needed a different schedule for updates so it was just a different time it's not like in it's not like you know stuff was normal and then we're like okay we're gonna have a new band schedule it's like okay we have all these busted cards so we might need to do more bands and also they opened up pioneer which is a new format that they wanted to have a bands more consistent yeah mm-hmm it's it's kind of yeah, weird, I guess, because I feel like Pioneer was actually like what caused all of the problems. The, this whole like B A N talk, besides Bob just you know like like sitting in his 
corner just posting on channel fireball or whatever like besides that like i just feel like pioneer is like what has really got ban talk going on because of that like weekly ban like hey we're getting rid of this this and this break the format for us and we'll you know adjust appropriately um mm -hmm. i mean that was like that was an interesting way to welcome a format though because like modern they started off with a bunch of cards on the ban list and it was like some of these were like probably not necessary mm -hmm. uh and pioneer they went the other way they only banned five fetch lands and, and went from there yeah so i don't know i thought it was an interesting experiment like i think what it comes down to is you know wizards is, is open to trying new things and I'm, I'm happy about that i think there was a long period of time you know when formats were kind of stale so i i do like some change um actually a sub topic related to this question what do you guys think about the one week delay uh, like announcing the announcement if you will i it's it's just so okay wait wait wait. why why do they implement this this approach because i think this is a horrible approach it's so that they know you know something's gonna happen so i can like what so sell like, all my cards wait i don't even know what cards to sell in advance like it's so that like it's you don't start testing for a format you know until the bands maybe i don't know i mean it's yeah but like literally this week of testing is wasted <laughs> Like, yeah, but I mean, like, I'd I'd probably rather have it than nothing, you know, like, it's, like, obviously it's not good, like, it's better if they would just, you know, say it right away or a moment, but I would say that it's better than nothing, you know. I guess, I guess, it, I, the, I, the big thing for me, the reason I feel so miserable is that it's a whole week long! That's so long! That's 168 hours, somebody, some, some amount of seconds, it's just like, I have to literally stare at a wall for a week? Couldn't, couldn't it have just been like a day or something? At which point it's like, I guess, useless, but still like, why is it such yeah, a Yeah, I, get, I uh, guess the reason I didn't feel that is when I saw see these like ban ban announcements or whatever, I just play like limited or something that week instead. But okay. I guess if you're just like only playing Legacy or only like playing Pioneer, yeah. then I guess you kind of, then I can see it. I guess because like, I'm like, okay, I'll just play standard this week. I don't think there's going to be any bans. <laughs> so I guess if... If you were playing those formats, then it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, okay. that's that's true. I guess to be fair, so there are a couple things I want to point out. Uh, Twitch chat is pointing out some really, really, really good things here. Uh, people were getting upset at Watsi for the way they banned stuff, right? Is that is that is that kind of like what was going on or something? I don't remember. What do you mean for the way they banned stuff? Like too well, much? Or? Well, like like there would be like a a weekend where like the X deck would do really well at a Grand Prix, and then like the Monday after where they're like, hey, you know, like. This is our bands for this week, and there'd be like nothing. Like, you know, like it's just kind of like we at ends. I mean, I guess like back during like Pioneer, whatever it is, like you probably can't use the results from the weekend of. Like, like if it's Sunday and something wins the uh, tournament, you can't ban that card the next day, right? On Monday, because that's probably not factored into your calculus or whatever. Or maybe it is. I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, should there be space in between? If not, I feel like there's going to be complaints no matter what, and now I'm starting to feel like, like maybe like discussing the sort of stuff is moot because like, oh, actually that's not true. We can still try to find like the best of the worst solutions, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, do you feel like they're too slow on ban, uh, too fast on bans? Like I almost felt like they're too slow. Like Hogak, I felt stayed around too long. Mm. Uh, a lot of cards like that. I mean, do you feel like there's a card that they banned too quickly? Maybe, but. Yeah, I don't know. That's a I didn't feel like that's something. I didn't feel like. I mean, I heard some people in Pioneer saying like, now that aggro decks are not good anymore, you can try unbanning Smuggler's Copier, and then people are like, what? But like, cause sort of like with Theros, like Uro, there's the new Salt Delirian deck, and mm -hmm. it kind of like destroys. It's like super good against aggro decks. And, like, also, Inverter super good. Is this so the first time? Like, is this the first time that they've announced a ban coming up? Yeah. 
Okay, well, fine. I guess I'll give him some slack if this is the first time, too, because this is like a... If this is like, we're trying this new thing out, we'll see how it goes. Like, I guess this is my my opportunity, my moment to react and tell them how I feel about it. So maybe it will change in the future. I don't know. If, if that's what I'm supposed to do, then I'll say, like, I definitely do feel uneasy. I don't know if there's a better solution out there. I'll leave that to someone smarter. But this is my my emotion. I feel uneasy. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Know. Uh, yeah, I guess we've, we've talked about a lot of different topics, but let's, uh, let's try to, let's try to paint wizards in, in a little bit of a better light. Like, uh, this is a question from Twitter from at final nub. Uh, can you talk about the things you did like about 2019 play design? I think there was a lot of good that came out of it, but was shadowed, overshadowed by the outlier mistakes. And I think that's definitely true. Like, uh, I, I definitely give wizards a lot of credit for what they did. They're, they're pushing the envelope, making formats. Um, you know, evolve and adapt. For a long time, like legacy was super stale, if you will, uh, and they basically they they started trying new things. Um, I I do think they made some mistakes, but I think when they have made the mistakes, like to Daniel's point, the bans and restricteds have been kind of uh, like coming at an appropriate pace. I would say. I. Wow, we just got really quiet, right? Let's say good things about Watsi. Crickets chirping. No, I actually, <laughs> I actually think it's fantastic um, that you know they're going out of the comfort zone. Okay, remember this. Okay, uh, a year or two, two years ago, maybe a year ago, they start printing out new planeswalkers, and everybody's just like yawning because like, oh, cool, tick up, draw a card, minus to kill something, ultimate to win the game. All right, mm -hmm. rinse and repeat over and over and over and over and over again, right? And we got bored of that, and we like, you know, we we said stuff about it, right? So now, like, Watsi's coming around in 2019, they're just like, yo, check it out. And they present us with Karn, Teferi, and Narset, right? And they introduce something that I thought was just a phenomenal design development, which is just, like, static abilities on Planeswalkers. I think that's so cool. It turns out that maybe, you know, the static abilities that they give to the, they gave to these Planeswalkers were, you know, like, kind of good. But, like, I don't know. I do appreciate that, like, they're, they're actually, like, you know, cracking the cocoon and just like sort of like going out there to make this game a little bit better, to make it be a little bit different, to sort of just evolve it, right? Like, I mean, I think this is more of like a power level issue as opposed to a, like a creativity issue. I think static abilities are kind of cool. So I'll give I'll give you massive shout outs for that, Watsi. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they printed some interesting cards too for, for Legacy, for Modern. Like for Legacy, I'm looking at the list, uh, Brazen Borrower, Blast Zone, Prismatic Vista, uh, Giver of Runes, Elvish Reclaimer, Drowner in the Lock. Like, I think the list goes on. There are lots of like pretty fairly designed cards. Um, I guess what these have in common is a lot of these are, are answers. I guess Reclaimer is more of a threat. But uh, basically they're giving us like more diversity in cards. In Modern, there's like a Bant Soul Herder deck that I know Stefan was playing. Um, that's like a prison deck, which is kind of cool because it's based around like a three mana creature. So like they're definitely pushing the envelope and creating new archetypes. And like some of the cards they printed are are fairly balanced, I want to say, and uh, you know adding to the game. Yeah, I actually have a pretty funny story about passives from the open this weekend. Uh, so I'm playing against I'm playing Demir Inverter and I'm playing against Sultai Delirium, and I cast Thoughtseize on my opponent. I'm pretty, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in a pretty good spot. They barely have any cards left, and then they're like, oh, you can't do that. Look at my Tomio. I'm like, what? And I read Tomio, it's like, you can't discard cards. <laughs> like, what the hell? I like, I never knew that. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, it was, 
it, it just didn't cross my mind. Like I just, I didn't think like my Southies would be stopped because they have a Tommy to play. It mm. just didn't cross my mind. Uh, and then I pass to them, and then they play Uro, and they try and draw a card, and I'm like, you can't. I have my Narset in play. <laughs> And yeah. then I'm like, yeah, see, I'm not the because like my teammate was like looking at me, he's like, Daniel, you don't know what the cards do. I'm like, no, don't worry, none of us do. Nah. But <laughs> yeah, that I don't is know. Funny. But, I I think that's more of like a like the, more of like a what words you put on the card, but I, I think static. I like, yeah, but I th- yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think what was good about the year is the limited formats were all really good to draft. I mean, some people didn't like them all. Uh, some people didn't like, you know, Throne of Eldraine or War of the Spark, but personally, I liked them all, and I thought Modern Horizons was really good, and I saw all, even M20 was, pr- like, it wasn't great, but I think it was better than, like, the average core set, definitely, but maybe part of that was there were so many, you know, <laughs> overpowered cards or whatever, um, and I thought the standards were, like, decent, they were a bit weird, like, definitely, like, the way that the threats are so much more powerful than they are historically makes standard kind of weird, but I thought standard was mostly pretty good. But I thought Limited was, like, really good the whole year. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, like, a lot of the problem, it just started with War of the Spark. Like, I mean, it's kind of, it painted the patron a bad year because I think, like, Karn, Narset, Deferi are all kind of, like, pretty unfun cards, though, like, maybe I'm wrong. And then, like, they kind of were so powerful that the whole year a, a lot of stuff uh, was revolved around them. But I think there were suddenly some interesting cards. I thought Throne of Eldrain had good, a pretty good flavor and was, like, Adventure was a pretty good uh, mechanic. And stuff like that and i thought mm-hmm. like Uro is a pretty fun card to play with i mean maybe it's because it's busted but when i when i cast it i'm like oh yeah this feels so good i don't know if that's i guess it's from 2020 but <laughs> I, yeah. maybe it's not a good thing because it's like too good when your opponent has it but when i cast Uro, i'm like oh yeah, yeah. this is like dream mm-hmm. trawler was escape yeah i, I mean like if i want to look at the cards that bob mentioned that were pretty good so you got like brazen bar you got like blast zone vista some of these things reclaimer for example and I, I think the one thing that stands out to me like if i had to use one word or a couple of words to define all of these cards it's just like they're all flexible you know what i mean they're like they have really good utility they're not crazy busted like look at the restrictions on brazen bar right like you can't bounce your own stuff and you can't block creatures that don't have flying um like those kind of things right so they're like they, they do a lot but there are certain drawbacks to it which means that like you know I mean, like, having one card that does it all is, like, kind of poopy, but, like, you know, there are restrictions here and there, and the other thing is, like, other cards, like, Reclaimer, Drown in the Lock, that kind of stuff, right? Like, they're cheaply costed as well, which I think is kind of important, or just, like, Vista, which is just, like, an overall very, very, like, useful card, like, in in ways that you don't actually think about until you suddenly have it and you're playing with it, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is kind of nice, you know what I mean? So, those are maybe things that, oh, it's like, I just, sorry, with the Vista thing, I want to clarify, like, it's like a fundamentals thing, like where basics are good. Okay, well, why don't we have a fetch land that just gets all basics that isn't bad like Evolving Wilds, you know what I mean? Like, So maybe like doing that sort of thing and having like printing new cards that like uh, sort of like press down on this will make your deck better in a more fundamental way. Like it'll improve the overall structure of your deck to make it so that you're playing like good magic. Uh, maybe that's what makes good cards, but not necessarily. It doesn't have to be like Oko, which is like like just like I don't know, like mm-hmm. steroids. Yeah, like the, like you were talking about, these cards have drawbacks. You can interact with them, which is kind of the key theme. Is is magic is better when games are more interactive? Mm. But I, I also want to respond to Daniel's point, which was he really enjoyed the limited and standard. Like to be fair to play design, that's their job. Their job is to test limited and to test standard. Uh, I almost feel like it's it's really harsh of us to criticize them because. Uh, 
you know, they're stretched so thin and they, they're not actually testing these eternal formats. And maybe that's something that they should like look into. Like if they're going to print powerful cards, I feel like they should test for them or like, you know, just not print these powerful cards. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. I, I don't get that. That doesn't make sense to me. I just don't feel like they should. Um, hold up. My, my thing is like looking weird. Did I just like breathe really heavily into the mic? I don't know. Anyways, um, I, I don't think they get off the hook for that, right? Saying that they just tested limited and standard and like maybe then they should like not print powerful. I think they should do their due diligence and test modern and maybe I let you off the hook for not testing legacy. I get it because it's maybe not really aligned with your overall goals. But like for Pioneer and modern, you absolutely need to test stuff out because like you have such a huge consumer base that like invests in those formats, right? Like so many dollars are being spent it just seems so silly to me to well i don't know the numbers so maybe yeah, i'm I just mean, naive but it just seems like uh when you have this many people doing this many things with these other formats that you don't really get to go off the hook for not testing modern. i mean i think it would be up to watsi to hire more employees because I, I mean i don't know the exact situation but that's what their job is and there's like four or five people on you know the play design team you can't really just say well i think that they should just do all this extra work like it, it seems like they already, you know. Yeah, sure. No, keep, I agree with you. Yeah, like whatever like, it, it is, it fix like it that in the back end. to hire more people for the play design team to do that, mm -hmm. or uh, otherwise the play design team would just need to do spend less time on standard and limited. And it, it seems like if you want them to test older formats, they would just need to uh, hire more people. But then that's against you know the interest of Watsi if they don't want to you know spend more money doing that. But it well, could to, be better to, for the health of the game anyway. So. To be fair, I think maybe they, they've realized that. And I know, for instance, they made a couple top-level hires recently. I know you know, Brad Nelson is consulting for them, so is Patrick Sullivan. So like, maybe they realize that and uh, you know, are trying to get more smart heads in, in the space. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how it works. I, also, uh, Sam Black, too. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we've been going kind of long. Uh, why don't we... Like uh, before we wrap up, I guess let's let's like let's get to maybe maybe what some of the people came here for, which is like what would we given all this huge amount of context, what would we actually do for each format? Uh, let's start with legacy. Anurag, would you do anything? Um. Well, I was okay. I am currently pro banning breach. Um. What? Yeah. What? I I'm surprised because. I learned my lesson with Sensei's Dividing Top, okay? Like, back when Top was, like, really good, I was like, oh, no, don't ban it. People are adjusting to it. My games on Magic Online are, like, really interactive. But, like, that's just, like, a small subset of games that take place. In the I mean, like, if everybody played as well as some of the players on Magic Online, then, like, maybe Sensei's Dividing Top could have stayed. But, like, it's very hard to get, like, dedicated, like, a sufficient amount of reps in to, like test and do all these sort of things i don't know maybe that's maybe this is not a real reason anyways i was i was a proponent for not banning top because i was like eh, okay fine maybe it's balanced but i think looking back at past previous anu like young anu baby anu i think that kid was just <laughs> disillusioned and didn't want his cards to go away right and now i'm a little bit more like okay like let's let's be a little bit more selfless please and and right now breach looks very powerful it, it looks very very good and i don't know what could be done um to solve that like yeah like you've played more matches with the deck than i would argue any other human on the planet like you've concluded that eldrazi stompy is probably a bad matchup are there like any other matchups that you are like truly scared of yeah so i'm afraid of eldrazi stompy i'm afraid of infect uh black red reanimator is kind of terrifying uh sneaking shows okay but 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 like even these matchups are you like significantly below 50 percent no the games are all close 
But I'm saying like though, like I would I would be uh, yeah. The games are they're they're pretty close. And like you've like literally played games where you've beaten like five or six sideboard cards and won on like turn four, like like plenty of times, right? Uh, maybe like not turn four, but I would say like like I can drag games out to like maybe like turn eight, turn nine, and then it's there's a lot of interaction involved. And I, but the, here's the thing though, right? This is what I'm gonna get at. People are still trying things, right? So, for example, when you're playing, like, Delver against a combo deck, what do you do? You just put in more counters, right? And then you're like, okay, generally speaking, that should help out. Um, you put a clock into play, and then you have enough counters to not die. I don't think that works against the current construction of Underworld Breach, the combo deck. And I think players are slowly realizing that, right? So now I'm running into a lot more situations where it's like, well, people are playing the right cards. Like, just the other day, I had uh, Grixis Delver player bringing, like, multiple Plague Engineers against me, and I this is the first time I've run into that, which is kind of surprising when you think about, like, how, how blatantly obvious it is that everyone's playing Monastery Mentor in their sideboard, so you should have an answer to that kind of card, right? So, like, that's the kind of evolution and adaptation that I haven't seen yet, but in all honesty, like, I am losing a little bit more. I'm not sure if it's because I'm, like, just, like... You know, just like I mean, it could just be sample size too. Playing poorly or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to say. And this kind of goes back to something else that I want to talk about real quick, which is like, if we're changing the dynamic of the band's like schedule, structure, whatever it is, we also need to change like more than just like, okay, we're gonna announce it on this day, right? Watsy like being like, yo, check it out. We're gonna surprise you with a one week announcement. Is, is I don't think that's enough. I, I don't think that's enough. Quite frankly, what I really, they really told us the format. What's up? If they told us the format? It, well, if they told us the format or, like, if they, like, preempted us with, like, a little bit of data, like, saying, like, hey, you know, like, like on, on our metagame updates, right? What do you do that's super awesome? You have, like, your own, like, quote, custom, like, uh, watch list of cards. So, like, Veil, Oko, Underworld, Breach, right? Those are all on there. And you're tracking, like, okay, this is what the exposure is for this card. This is what the exposure is for this card. So, like, at least we have, like, some sort of semblance for, you know, what might be... Uh, too good, right? But like Watsi has all the master data. So it is entirely possible that like their numbers aren't the exact same as ours. And then that's what kind of makes me a little bit upset is because like in my experience, like this is what I'm running into, but like data, the nature of data is such that like my experiences are, is it's not everything, right? Like there's going to be so much more outside and so much more that is like, you know, that I am not privy to. So like I kind of think like Watsi should give us like a, hey, look, Inverter is doing really well, and it's on the list of cards that we may potentially ban. So that way, at least people can like be aware of. Okay, well, this is the target. It's Underworld mm-hmm. Reach. That's what you're afraid of. You know what I mean? Yeah. But listening to a little bit of what you said, it sounds like you you still think people are adapting to Breach. So why wouldn't you you know let it stay around for a couple more months? Why would and you want to ban it now versus later? That was my that was my follow up point, right? Like I think the deck has been around for not long enough. I think it's been long enough for people to, I think it's been out for long enough for people to like respect it, you know, to learn like this is how we're going to try to beat it. And there's there's certain things that don't work against it. But again, like this, this goes back to like, we just need to take all the mud on the ground and just keep throwing it at the wall over and over and over and over again. Like I do, I, I think there's potentially a world where breach is balanced. Like imagine if Deathrite Shaman was legal. Um, that's neither here nor there. Um, but I, it's going to take time to get there, and and I I don't know if there's we have that time. Like, what if Watsi bans it on Monday? Then like, that's just for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, there's and that's sort of like the like the creative almost censorship. I think that it just it feels weird to not give players time to 
adapt and evolve and like i don't know maybe players just don't want to deal with that shit but there are other players like me who really enjoy the sort of play style with breach like it reminds me of uh my favorite deck in, in legacy and uh I, I like having it around maybe it needs yeah to be I, I mean i think nerfed, one but... one key theme with all these quote-unquote best decks in each format i think they're all combo control decks I think Jeskai reaches combo control, especially the more predicts you play. You're able to just outdraw your opponents in the post-board games and then slowly answer everything they do. Uh, Inverter is a combo control deck. It presents the combo, so you have to play cards to respect it. But then if you fill your deck with cards like Tormod Script, they just outdraw you. And then Amulet, very similar. You can you know win on turn two or have a turn two Hasty Titan, but then you can also win a much longer game um, and accrue value since your lands are like you know two for ones, basically. So I think... Like, that's a key aspect of, of these super busted decks right now. And, like, I think eventually at some point we might come to the point where we need a ban. And then if it's, like, banning Breach three months from now versus now, I guess I don't have a strong preference. And I, I'm fine with it staying a little bit longer, but I'd be surprised if it, you know, stayed too much longer. Mm, yeah. uh, Daniel, what about you? Do you have any takes on uh, Pioneer Inverter? Uh, I was say, well, I, I think one thing about Inverter is I feel like, imagine if Twin was legal and it came out at the same time as Dig Through Time, and everyone's like, well, if they ban Dig Through Time, the Twin combo is not going to be good enough anymore. Um, I feel like the like, so what I what I mean to say is I think Inverter it might just be good enough anyway, though it's definitely worse because Dig Through Time actually does help you combo because it exiles cards from your graveyard to make your library smaller for Oracle or Jace. Um, but I feel like the combo might still be be uh, strong enough. So even if they ban dig, like I'm not saying obviously the deck's gonna be way worse, but it still might be a deck. The combo has just felt pretty strong in general, especially with the London Mulligan. You can set it up pretty easily, and like Jace is pretty powerful on its own. If you have a couple inverters, you can loop them. Um, I'm not sure about bans. Like I didn't really think about it because uh, that much because I'm like I don't really know how Watsi does stuff. Definitely some stuff is gonna change before the Pro Tour finals in a couple months, but I didn't really think about what what would happen um, too much. But I think for Legacy, uh, for bans, the thing is there's so many cards that you could say could be banned from the past year, and the problem is they're all kind of in, uh, entangled together. So like if you ban one card, how does it affect these other cards? There's a lot of cards like Mystic Sanctuary, Astrolabe, uh, Veil of Summer, uh, Narset, Teferi, Karn. Well, I think Veil uh, of Summer is the big one. It's the one that's the most played. It's It interacts a ton with the various combo decks. Like, it's a reason maybe Thoughtseize doesn't see more play. And it protects Oko. So, like, if they wanted to be really minimalist, I could see them banning Veil of Summer. And then maybe the metagame can adjust to Breach and Oko. Uh, I don't personally... Uh, I, I honestly, like I posted on Twitter, I would ban Breach, Oko, and Veil, but I, I could see an argument for just banning Veil. But yeah, I think, so I think because of that, it makes it kind of hard to want to go with bans. Like personally, I think Mystic Sanctuary maybe shouldn't exist, but it's kind of like, I want to give it more time. But I, well, I just feel like all these cards are kind of like entangled together. Like people call for a lot of cards of these different cards. And it's like, if you ban one, like is one of that, like is a certain card being good because of another card or stuff like this? So it's kind of like complicated. Like there's a lot of cards that I think are kind of uh, unfun from the last year. I'm not sure exactly what I would do. There's definitely a lot of them. I feel like in, in modern, particularly Mystic Sanctuary is kind of egregious. I mean, maybe it shouldn't be banned, but like whenever I go like I, I, I before Breach, I was playing some Bant midrange, and I would go like okay, turn four, fetch, put Force of Will on top, play Chase the Mind Sculptor, and like it felt like cheating. 
And the thing also about Mystic Sanctuary, I just think it makes games feel the same. For example, let's say you're playing as Miracles, and you have two creatures in hand. You could play one, and then they could uh, Terminus. Uh, or, I mean, you could play one, and then they could get back, like, uh, you ponder, find Jason Mind Sculptor. You could play two, and then they could play get back Terminus. And I feel like that kind of makes it, like, not... Like, it makes it, you kind of, your opponent's kind of playing face up when they have Mystic Sanctuary. It makes it kind of, like, less interesting. Um, so you want, like, more volatility, of, and you think Mystic Sanctuary is, like... Well, it's also, it's just, like, kind of a silly way to end game. Like, the first time I played against it, my opponent Cryptic Command locked me out in Modern. I'm like, they didn't even do anything. They literally just had a fetch land and a Cryptic Command, and I'm locked. I was playing, like, my Sultai <laughs> Fengevine deck, and I'm like, oh, I'm never going to lose. My opponent's playing, like, bug removal spells game one. So I was playing kind of slow and conservative to not, like... Uh, well, I guess not really that slow and conservative, but like my hand wasn't super explosive and then like they kind of like bought time with some removal spells And then I'm like wait, I'm just locked out because they have cryptic command and then they just like play to Jace and have mystic sanctuary Like I, I just feel like that's too cheap to get a free prison lock. It's the same with Urza Like I feel like mystic sanctuary. Okay, is I actually have something really free. interesting and this is gonna come maybe come off a little bit abrasively but I want to just say like I, I I like your opinion a lot and I like Bob's opinion a lot, and I like my opinion a lot, but, like, at the end of the day, like, so what? So, do you remember when I was talking earlier about, like, League of Legends and how, like, you change patches or change characters based on what, like, the company wants the game to look like, what they think will better align with their goals? What if, like, that's also, like, what Watsy wants? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is, like, just because a metagame is not something i like just because i don't like a metagame doesn't necessarily mean that the metagame is bad is that is that reasonable well i just just want to add like on mystic sanctuary like one of the silliest <laughs> things is i don't know if you pay attention to modern but in the demir urza deck yeah <laughs> i just got i just gotta keep hating on mystic sanctuary if we forget <laughs> here's the thing. You're like i'm gonna let like, you finish but let me trash mystic sanctuary real quick here's the thing about word of invention okay like you like Mystic Sanctuary completely lets you work. You can so you can go end of turn war for half the sword softer combo, then just fetch, put war back, and then just get the other combo. Like it fully gets your entire combo with war invention. Or you can get bridge, then put Mystic Sanctuary, put war on top, and then get like city in a bottle. Like, like it's so good with war of invention. It's kind of absurd. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't think that has to do with the meta. Like to your point on your like, I just think that's like like a bad like it's just like like a weird play pattern that you just get a mystic sanctuary fetch your combo piece back on top fetch your cryptic command back on top like when i'm playing legacy like like just like play jace the mind sculpture like force of will your play then untap you know put a fetch land put the force of will back on top use my fetch land play jace and that's just like now i have a second force of will like that just felt like so absurd to me like mm -hmm. you just get like, yeah just i think like, like wizards is able to, to identify those play patterns too and like Usually what happens is, like, if one of those decks, for instance, Blue Black Urza, uh, you know, if it becomes too dominant, like, that's when they start looking at cards like Mystic Sanctuary. Like, what's the problematic play pattern here? Is it, like, Thoughtseize? Or is it, like, this stupid fetch land that is, or this stupid land that you can fetch that uh, is kind of way too powerful? So. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess, Daniel, my, my, my the point that I'm trying to get at is just, like, what if the game of Magic actually just changes right like we're all so mm -hmm. in it's like like the way magic should be is just so ingrained in our minds that maybe and this is maybe like maybe even i'm wrong like maybe interaction is just not what magic should be i, I don't know um but maybe like 
you know, the future of magic is just like something else that we need to like it's a different game and we just learn to play that different game. You know what I mean? Like magic. I think I mean, that's, that's what I've been doing in standard to, this year. That's tough to like force on legacy players though, because like legacy and modern players, like we've been around for, you know, 10, 20 years and it's just it's a different setup. I don't think you can necessarily expect that um us adapting it should it should be more like you know we have the eternal formats and maybe the the newer formats um should have different uh you know philosophies if you will mm -hmm. and i'm fine with that I'm, I'm fine with like i like having a spread of options right like you know you mentioned you wouldn't like modern um maybe there are those people who just love playing their pet like tron deck or prime titan deck like i think that's totally fine and i think that's where we should go is like have different things and different formats and different options for different people yeah I don't know. Yeah, um, that that's just like a thought. Like that that's a pretty good point. Like years ago in Legacy, it was like all like stack based, having answers that are better than threats. And then, I don't know. But then again, I guess like if you if you transition to another game, you need to be able to make sure that you like design things properly. Otherwise, you enter this realm where like the threats are so good that like power creep happens, and now you're just like you know like I don't know making this monstrosity of a thing that can't be contained yeah, but, and then it grows too much and then it's just like taking over and then like suddenly the financial value of all your cards isn't worth anything and then like the company starts to crumble and then like the game just implodes and now okay we're gonna step away on you just take a deep breath and yeah i mean i, I don't think we're there uh i think but i think if this continues for another year say like we might really reach a crisis of confidence in mm. wizards and play design so i hope they take this as a warning i, I know a lot of people you know they're complaining on twitter and stuff and part of why I complain on Twitter is like, hey, maybe Wizards reads the stuff and tones down their power creep. Because I think that's the big mistake they've made in play design in the yeah. past year. And and if they if they fix that, I think, uh, you know, we could be excited for many more great years to come. Yeah. Hey, real quick, Bob, there are a couple of things that I highlighted in the show notes. Are we talking about that stuff or... What's the deal? Uh, no, I think I think like we can probably wrap it up wrap here. Up. Okay. Um, we, we yeah we did want to like I guess um now that I'm looking at the show notes basically it was like uh you know what what are the reasons the banner card one is if it's overpowered two if it's uh so overpowered that'd be like treasure cruise two if it, if it's ubiquitous or homogenizing that'd be like deathrite shaman or oko and then three would be like unfun play patterns so so that'd be something like nexus of fate so um i think those are basically the three reasons um wizards has used to justify bans and lately i do like the fact that they're actually putting out data like they're, they're saying rug delver had a good matchup against the other top 10 decks for instance so it, it helps to know like what they're thinking and i like those articles from ian duke yeah, I know procedurally, like, I think it's good to give us data, like, when you're justifying the ban, but also it would be nice to, like, preemptively, like, give us a little bit of a tease of what we could expect or something like that, you know? It doesn't have to be everything, mm -hmm. but just enough to, like, make sure that I'm not, like, in the dark, in the ocean, when there's sharks swimming around that want to eat my underworld breaches. Um, but, okay, cool. All right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Daniel, do you have any final thoughts before you want to, like, mention anything else about Mystic Sanctuary before I call it quits for the day? <laughs> I mean, it's fine, like, if you like it. I just think that it's a card that's kind of weird. I don't know if it should exist. Like, <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, Wait. thank you so much for joining us, guys. Um, we are done with this episode. Twitch chat. Also, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this however it went. If you liked it a lot and you want to do it again, if you want us to do it again, I mean, let us know. I, like, We're not going anywhere. We have nothing to do but, you know, talk. Uh, magic and, and stuff like that. Uh, on that note, uh, don't forget to check out our, our editor, um, that's Ellie of the Veil on Twitter, and also you'll be finding this uh, this this podcast on a number of platforms. I think Bob has a special thing here saying 
Give us five stars on iTunes. This is the shameless plug. I feel like those Uber drivers that have like little like the piece piece of paper on the back of their things. It's like give me a five star review. And now I feel a little bit like I feel like I feel like I'm I'm like hustling hardcore here. Um, I've compromised you on on our uh, I know. Make sure to listen again to the same episode when we upload it. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.